Hello and welcome to Japan Explained. Today's episode is brought to you by Patreon user Fox. So I wanted to take a second to thank Fox for the support and awesome topic suggestion and all the other subscribers who support the show with donations, reviews and reports. I'm all alone making it here, so seeing your support means a ton to me. And just in case you also want to support the show, but didn't know how to do it, I'll leave all the links down in the description. As for today's topic, it's Kitsune, Japanese foxes, multi-tailed shapeshifters and companions of the god Inari, animals that bring good luck and inflict madness. How could just one small animal be responsible for such a huge chunk of Japanese folklore, you ask? Well, let's find out. The roots of many Japanese folk stories are, as usual, found in China. Others come from as far away as India. Take, for example, the Sangaikyo, the Book of Mountain and Seas, an ancient atlas that described both real and mythical geography of China and neighboring territories, and was filled with descriptions of non-existent countries and their bizarre inhabitants. In the Yokai Explained episode, we looked at how this book enriched Japanese folklore with monsters of all sorts. Nine-tailed foxes, which the atlas mentions a number of times, were one of the imports. Moreover, while in one chapter the nine-tailed fox is called a good omen, in another a similar beast is described as a man-eating monster. Its form resembles a fox with nine tails. Its voice resembles that of a baby, and it often eats people. Those who eat it will not be attacked by evil spirits, adds the book. It is also the Chinese sources that first mention that the fox, having reached a certain age, receives the ability to shift forms, and when it gets even older, it receives a gift of providence and other magical abilities. But that's in China. And what about Japan? In ancient Japan, foxes are still mentioned only rarely and only as normal animals. In the 7th century, a fox appears in the text of Nihon Shoki as an animal that damaged a grapevine, and there is only one and quite sadistic verse about the fox in the poetry collection Manyoshu. Goiled water, my lads, in the cattle with a spout. We will dash it on the fox coming from the Ichihi ford over the log bridge of Cyprus. Right around the end of the 7th century, a kind man named Okimaro. But soon after that, the Chinese legends about treacherous foxes must have reached Japan, and they disappear from the poems for a very long time. At the beginning of the 8th century, we witness the foundation of the most famous fox shrine in Japan, Except that there weren't any foxes there yet, and the deity Inari was not remotely as popular as it is today. It was just a clan deity of the Hata family. How did foxes become the loyal companions of Inari is still a mystery to scholars. On one hand, one of Inari's names, Miketsu no Kami, can be written as free foxes. 
On the other, foxes catch mice, and since mice destroy crops, foxes in a way protect them. There is also a theory that the Hatta clan built their shrine on the site where the fox deity was previously worshipped, or that the foxes who live in the mountains but eat in the fields connect the ancestors buried in the mountains to the harvest for the success of which people pray to these very ancestors. And if we want to look at the symbolism, what a golden rice ears, if not a red fox's tail. But fox folklore in Japan really began to flourish only in the 9th century, when we see them in the collection of Buddhist stories Nihon Ryoiki. Here we meet not only ordinary foxes who barked on the grounds of the imperial palace, but also a shape-shifting fox who married a man, bore him a son, and then, frightened by a dog, revealed her true appearance. She was forced to leave her family and visit her former spouse only at night. At about the same time, the famous monk Kukai returns to Kyoto from China. To Japan he brings tantric or esoteric Buddhism. And, among other things, the goddess Dakiniten, a man-eating demoness who joined the good side and was given the gift of foresight by the Buddha. Very specific gift, though. Dakini learns about the approaching death of a person six months in advance, so that, according to different stories, she could eat the heart of the dying person for six months or be the first on the spot and eat fresh meat right after the person's death. For their eating habits in India, Dakinis were sometimes represented as scavenger beasts, jackals. In China, where Buddhism had it later, there were no jackals, and their place was taken by the magical beast Yagan, which resembled a yellow dog with a fluffy tail. And who have a fluffy tail? Right, foxes. And so in China and later in Japan, foxes became Dakini's companions. Now they were considered servants of evil forces inhabiting cemeteries and eating corpses. And Dakini herself began to be depicted riding a white fox. In the early half of the 10th century, Kitsune appeared in the first Japanese dictionary, Wamyoru Ijusho. In addition to the Japanese and Chinese readings of the word, it states, according to Chinese legend, when it reaches 100 years of age, it becomes a yokai, capable of turning into a woman. That is, for now, the shape-shifting fox is still considered to be a Chinese animal, but by the beginning of the 12th century, the flow of Japanese folklore about the fox shapeshifters was unstoppable. In the year 1101, Oeno Masafusa wrote that Kyoto was swamped by a wave of fox jokes, and the Konjaku Monogatari collection of Tales of the Days Now Past has all kinds of stories about Kitsune. In one of them, a samurai meets a young girl who turns out to be a fox, and when she soon dies, he transcribes sutras in her memory. In another one, a fox turns into a samurai's wife for fun, and he has to figure out which one is real. In a third tale, a fox protects a samurai who returns her magic ball, and so on. The foxes in Konjokumodogatari, however, are much more likely to suffer at the hands of humans than they are to do evil. Most of them turn into beautiful strangers just for fun, 
while people either torture them or use them as messengers. But in the stories where humans do the foxes good, Kitsune generously repay the kindness. By the 14th century, the Japanese fascination with bloodthirsty Chinese fox beauties had developed into the most famous story about Kitsune, that of Tamamo no Mae, who, after appearing at the imperial court in 1154, almost brought Emperor Toba to his grave. Tamamo no Mae was a lady of unknown origin but unprecedented beauty. It is said she even glowed in the dark. In addition, she was intelligent beyond her years and could answer any question posed to her. Emperor Toba immediately fell in love with Tamamo no Mae and spent all his time with her, but after a while he fell ill. The emperor's physicians were of no help, but the court astrologer Abano Yasunari quickly realized that there was something very wrong about the disease. The emperor, however, flatly refused to believe that his favorite court lady was a shape-shifting fox. So Yasunari decided to prove to the entire court that he was not mistaken. He organized a ceremony to pray for the emperor's health and persuaded Tamamo no Maya to take an important role in it. Does she wish the emperor well or what? There was no getting away from it. During the ceremony, Yasunari confessed that he started all this to force the fox to take her true form. Under the spell of the astrologer, Tamamo no Maya confessed that the Japanese emperor was not her first victim. She had already caused trouble in India and China, and then she turned into a fox and ran away from the palace. Hunters were immediately set out in pursuit, and when they captured and fatally wounded the animal, the spirit of Tamamo no Maya transformed into a poisonous Seishoseki stone, which killed all living things that came close to it. Many years later, a monk named Genno was able to approach the stone, which was covered with the skeletons of birds and small animals. He spoke to the fox's spirit, smashed the stone, and lifted the curse. Contemporaries absolutely loved the story, and it soon became riddled with details, retellings, and corrections, and by the early 16th century, it was in the repertoire of the No Theatre, where the last part about the monk and the stone was performed in detail. Another popular North Theatre production, Kokaji, tells the story about the blacksmith Munichika being helped to forge his sword for the emperor by a fox sent to him by Nari. Thus, we see the two main images of the fox in Japanese folklore. The evil shapeshifter and the good messenger of the deity. As for the trickster foxes from the folktales, like those we saw in Konjaku Monogatari, they will now appear in the short productions of the Kyogen farce. Now let's move on to the 17th century and our favorite Edo period. During the Edo period, people from small towns and villages flocked to Edo and Osaka, making them centers of cultural exchange. There, the puppet theater and kabuki drama developed and flourished, and the publishing industry produced colorful ukiyo-e prints and expensive books, many of which were full of illustrations. This world of drama, commercial art, and literary fiction 
Yokai found a particularly warm spot, and the sneaky Kitsune, of course, were not left out. We see them on the stage of the Kabuki Theater, where plays about Tamamo no Mae and another famous fox, the mother of astrologer and wizard Abe no Seimei, Kuzunoha, are gathering crowds. Kitsune even find their way into the historical drama about the samurai hero Yoshitsune. In a play called Senbon Zakura, Genkuro the fox transforms into a warrior and tries to whittle a magic drum made from his parents' skin from Yoshitsune's lover. In 1637, an eight-tailed fox appeared in a dream to the gravely ill shogun Tokugawa Iemitsu telling that she had come from Nikotoshogu Shrine and promising him a speedy recovery, the Kitsune disappeared. The next day, the fever was gone and Emitsu made a rapid recovery. Here, of course, it should be noted that Nikotoshogu is a resting place for Emitsu's beloved grandfather and the founder of the Tokugawa dynasty, Ieyasu himself. The Tokugawa clearly wanted to use this occasion to demonstrate the legitimacy of their power, and what could possibly be a better tool than a divine grandfather. In the story by the famous writer Asai Ryoi, a shape-shifting fox fools the 16th century warlord Ishida Mitsunari. Here we also see how a fox transforms into a human using a skull placed on its head, which is now considered classic. The fox yokai and their pranks are also featured in haiku. Matsuo Basho, for example, makes fun of a friend who became a doctor and shaved his head, as if inari foxes had played a joke on him. In the 18th century, many haiku about foxes were written by Yosa Buson, who for some reason was especially fond of them. In his poems, we meet ordinary red foxes, shape-shifting kitsune, and magical fox lights called Kitsunebi. At the end of the same 18th century, Garai Senryu founded the Senryu School, specializing in witty satirical poems about controversial topics. Trickster Kitsune were obviously close to the hearts of Senryu writers, and there are 70 poems about foxes in the Yanagi Daru poetic collection alone. Here are a few examples. Even now we are apt to be bewitched by white-faced foxes. He's written about geisha and courtesans. Young as he was, Yasuna got a middle-aged woman of more than 900 years old as his wife. He's, of course, said about Kuzunoha, the mother of Abeno Seimei. Tamamonomae effected her escape by giving a discharge of wind to each three kingdoms. Wrote one author about foxes sometimes using the same tactic as a skunk to escape. It seems that in the Edda period, foxes were such common characters that it is difficult to find an area of life they did not infiltrate. With the spread of belief in the Nadi, messenger foxes of the deity became popular and figurines of them are placed in homes. Restaurants serve noodles called kitsune udon and kitsune soba. And before marrying into an unknown family, one should probably make sure that its members are not fox keepers or kitsune mochi. By the number of fox lights in the Oji Shrine, you can estimate the next year's rice crop, 
and tells Madman with an incredible appetite, probably suffers from the Kitsune Tsuki, a fox possession. Different categories of foxes were held responsible for different good deeds, funny prank, ailments or crimes. But how would you know which foxes to worship, which to be afraid of, which are friends and which are enemies? A book named Kusensha Manbitsu answered all of these and many other questions. According to the book itself, it contained the words of an old kitsune from Kyoto, who possessed a human being to pass on her knowledge about the world of foxes. First of all, the fox made it very clear that there are good kitsune, zenko, and bad kitsune, yako. Yako are wild kitsune without a master. They are like a samurai without a lord, dangerous social elements with no concern for their reputation or career advancement. Yako idly spend their days fooling people. Good kitsune, Zenko, serve the deity Nari. Over the years of service, they gradually rise in rank and will never harm a human being. Then, the folks continued, there are different ranks of kitsune. The lowest rank among kitsune is Ashirei. It is a rank for all the foxes from birth until they turn 100 years old. Around the age of 50, foxes begin to develop magical powers. They travel to sacred mountain and learn ancient religious practices. By their 100th birthday, trained foxes become skilled enough to advance to the next rank, Chiko. Chiko are foxes with magical powers, and they grow a new tail every hundred years. The oldest and most powerful Chiko have as many as nine tails, but most Chiko are between 100 and 500 years old. Also, Chiko is the greatest rank available to wild Yako foxes. No matter how old and how strong they become, they're not eligible for the promotion. And so it's not hard to understand why they get angry and go out of their way to be nasty to everyone. As for Zenko who wish to be promoted, the period between their 100th and 500th birthday is a period of intensive training, after which they may be promoted to the next level, Kiko. Upon becoming Kiko, foxes lose their earthly appearance and become spirits with white, black, golden or silver fur, who serve the deity Inari. Unlike Chiko, Kiko never take human form or take possession of a human with an evil intent. If they do, it is only to give thanks or deliver an important message from the deity. And so it is believed that out of the two famous Japanese foxes, Tamamono Mae was Chiko, and Abenosema's mother Kuzunoha was Kiko. Upon reaching the age of 1000, Kiko become Tenko, the celestial foxes. This is the highest rank in the Kitsune hierarchy, and it comes with almost divine powers. Tenko can foretell the future, fly, and take any form they wish. And if Tenko possesses a human, he or she will receive the fox's gift of foresight. At the age of 3000, Kiko and Tenko stop serving in Nari, retire and move to the rank of Kuko. 
They like Kikon Tenko have no physical appearance. They're spirits, but when Kuko decides to reveal themselves, they usually appear in the form of a human with fox ears. In addition to foresight, Kuko also have the gift of telepathy. This entire classification of foxes, the book tells us, is drawn from the words of one Kuko that was traveling to Edo from Kyoto and stopped for a few days at the samurai's house. There, the fox borrowed the body of a 14-year-old boy servant. Through him, the Kitsune talked about good and bad foxes, about the ranks within the fox community, and then for several days entertained the family with tales of ancient battles. Well satisfied with her stay, the fox used her powers to cure a sick boy whose body she has occupied and left a scroll of calligraphy as a gift. However, it seems that even this fox's attempt to clarify the situation as to which of their kin could be trusted and which could be not was not very successful. Lafcadio Hearn in his book Glimpses of Unfamiliar Japan lamented that the ideas of the Japanese about the types of kitsune are very confusing and differ from person to person. Some distinguish two, some three, and some many types of foxes, and not everyone agrees on which ones are good and which ones are bad. Or take, for example, the geography of fox mischief in Japan. It turns out that on the island of Shikoku, foxes hardly ever cause trouble. That's because once they wanted to trick the great Buddhist teacher Kobo Daishi. And when he uncovered the deception, he forbade all foxes to live on Shikoku. On Hokkaido, on the other hand, foxes lived since long ago, but they never caused any trouble until the 19th century. What happened in the 19th century? Well, the rapid exploration of the island. Matsura Seizan, the daimyo of Hirado, wrote about a conversation he had with an acquaintance who had recently returned from Hokkaido. The man told him. I gathered this was due to the fact that a change had been brought about in the very nature of the foxes there, in keeping with the spirit of the times. By the coming of many people, there for the reclamation of wasteland, it was men who have changed the good nature of the kitsune in Ezo, I suppose. In other regions, however, people encountered the shenanigans of foxes so often that he sometimes mistook very real events for another one of them. For example, Afkadir Hearn colorfully describes how the most interesting and valuable witness of the stupendous eruption of Bandai-san in 1888, which blew the huge volcano in pieces and devastated an area of 27 square miles, leveling forests, turning rivers from their courses, and burning numbers of villages with all their inhabitants, was an old peasant who had watched the whole cataclysm from the neighboring peak as unconcernedly as if he had been looking at a drama. He saw a black column of ashes and steam rise to the height of 20,000 feet and spread out at its summit in the shape of an umbrella bloating out of the sun. Then he felt a strange rain pouring upon him, hotter than the water of a bath. Then all became black and he felt the mountain beneath him shaking to its roots and heard a crash of thunder that seemed like the sound of the breaking of the world. 
but he remained quite still until everything was over. He had made up his mind not to be afraid, deeming that all he saw and heard was delusion wrought by the witchcraft of the fox. Just like the other yokai, Kitsune did not just disappear from Japan in the mid-19th century with the arrival of the Enlightened Meiji era. Nozaki Kiyoshi writes on how in 1885 in Western Japan excessive snowfalls caused many animals to descend from the mountains in search of food. In one town, foxes began stealing food from the temple kitchen and the townspeople living nearby decided to feed them with rice balls. Residents of some streets immediately agreed, while others were reluctant to participate. However, public opinion was stronger and everyone prepared their rice balls and brought them to the temple. Only to notice that foxes seemed to know everything and refused to even touch the offerings from the streets where people had prepared them unwittingly. But what is most interesting about the foxes of the Meiji era is how they try to keep up with technological advancement. For example, in 1889, a train driver on the Tokyo-Yokohama line saw a train coming at him at full speed. He gave a signal, but nothing happened. Then he increased the speed and uh, knocked down a fox that tries to spook him. And by the early 20th century, foxes turned cars were already pranking drivers in Wakayama prefecture. In the 1920s and 1930s, Kitsune continued to be occasionally mentioned in newspapers. In 1922, for example, the Mainichi newspaper wrote that a farmer in the northern Nevada prefecture killed a fox and they paid for his actions, being terrorized by foxes that had turned into burglars. And on December 27, 1932, the Kobe newspaper Japan Chronicle ran the headline 901 race, whale jockeys crashing two days in Sonoda, due to fox deaths. The headline speaks for itself. A fox was killed at the racetrack, and soon the races turned into one continuous collision with many injured people. However, not all 20th century foxes were so vindictive. There is, for example, a story about the fox that helped Kobe police to find a murder weapon. I think we've got the history of Kitsune in Japan figured out. Now let's have a look at some of the tricks foxes typically play and how to behave so you don't fall for them. With ordinary foxes, everything seems clear. They're good, they serve their deity, and they help people. And so successfully that in the Edo period, people started to worship not only Inari, but the foxes as well. And in the 19th century, poor Lovkaider Hearn was completely confused about whom exactly two people of Matsu worship and why Inari and foxes are responsible not only for the harvest and wealth, but also for a bunch of other seemingly random things, including catching colds. Bad foxes, on the other hand, lurk around every corner. First, they will, of course, try to fool us by turning into someone or something. To do the transformation, younger and lower-ranked foxes need to put a human skull or a horse bone on their head. Other items can be added to make the disguise more convincing, such as a ladle to turn into a shaft, 
or long seaweed to become a beauty with long, thick hair. And since mysterious beauties are a favorite disguise of Kitsune, in the Middle Ages people were wary of lonely ladies wandering around at night. There was a good chance that a pretty stranger might be a fox. As Kitsune grows older and more experienced, it no longer needs objects, and its appearance and habits become so indistinguishable from human ones that the fox can stay in human form for years, and even decades, until an accident causes it to take its true form. But how can you tell if you are facing a fox in disguise? If you are lucky enough to be in good health and of athletic build, the sumo wrestler type also counts, then you are in luck. The foxes themselves will be afraid of you. If not, you can follow the advice given by the ancient Book of Mountains and Seas and Japanese hunters and eat fox meat, which is said to be a very reliable way to keep foxes away from you. No fox meat at hand? Not a problem. The next easy way is to put some saliva on your fingers and rub it on your eyebrows. What a pity Emperor Toba didn't yet know this simple at a period method of shaking his court ladies. As a precaution, it is also a good idea not to wear new shoes in the evening. In the morning and afternoon, feel free to do so, but in the evening you are almost guaranteed to be tricked. But even if you are not going anywhere in the evening and just stay at home watching TV, it's too early to feel safe. The fox can come and knock on your door. Listen carefully. Is it pounding or muffled knock? Humans usually knock on the door with their knuckles and kitsune with their tails. And good ears will help you distinguish one from the other. If you do open the door, check the way your guest talks. Aren't the sentences too short and sketchy? Or, just to be sure, ask your guest to say moshi moshi. If he replies it without mistakes, he's a human, while a fox can only say one moshi and so will immediately give away his deceit. But perhaps even more than shape-shifting foxes, you should fear Kitsune Tsuki, the possession by a fox. First mentioned in the 12th century in Konjaku Monogatari, it became increasingly common, and in the 16th century, Toyotomi Hideyoshi himself wrote a letter to the deity Inari with a request to tame the fox that took possession of one of the court ladies. Hideyoshi, however, worded his request in a peculiar way. If you hesitate to take actions on this matter, I shall issue the orders for the destruction of every fox in the land. He adds to the letter. A person possessed by a fox usually begins to behave strangely. They may develop a vicious appetite, start barking like a fox, or suddenly learn to read and write, even though they have never been able to do so. Lovkadir Hearn also describes the following symptoms of Kitsunetsuki. Strange is the madness of those into whom demon foxes enter. Sometimes they run naked shouting through the streets, sometimes they lie down and Forth in the mouth and yelp as folks yelps. And on some part of the body of the possessed, a moving lump appears under the skin, which seems to have a life of its own. Prick it with a needle and it glides instantly to another place. 
by no grasp can it be tightly compressed by a strong hand that it will not slip from under the fingers. Possessed folk are also said to speak and write languages of which they were totally ignorant prior to possession. They eat only what foxes are believed to like tofu, aburage, azukimeshi, etc., and they eat a great deal, alleging that not they, but the possessing foxes, are hungry. On the other hand, write Eguchi Shigeyuki in his study of Kitsunetsuki. In the early period, even child nightmares and persistent hiccups were often mistaken for fox possession. In other cases, fox-possessed people ate sand or small stones, wandered around aimlessly and built stone piles, or splashed in the river like little children. In short, anything that did not resemble normal behavior could be classified as kitsunetsuki. Treatment of fox possession, on the other hand, was very brutal. The fox had to be chased away, and to do so it had to be hurt. In an attempt to free the patient from the fox that had possessed him, the relatives could beat him or burn him with fire. The more humane way was to invite exorcists to negotiate with the fox the conditions under which it was willing to leave the body. Usually it was possible to bargain for the freedom of a possessed person in exchange for treats left at a certain time in an appointed temple. The Irish shrine priests were also called upon to exorcise foxes. In the popular mind, foxes were foxes, and the deity had to be able to find common tongue with all of them. Few people thought about the fact that foxes serving in Nadi were already on the side of good and did not attack people. In the 17th and 18th centuries, Kitsunetsuki became such a widespread disease that it continued to plague Japanese villagers even in the enlightened era of modern medicine. In 1892, Dr. Shimamura Shuinchi traveled to Shimane Prefecture, which had particularly many cases of Kitsunetsuki. In his report at the end of the trip, he wrote that he found 34 patients who were thought to be Kitsunetsuki, while in fact suffered from hysteria, alcoholism, dementia, hallucinations, and even arthritis. In 1902, Psychiatrist Kadowaki had diagnosed already 113 patients with Kitsunetsuki at Sugamo Hospital in Tokyo. Most of them turned out to be the cases of paranoia, hysteria or mania. Nevertheless, cases of Kitsunetsuki were still occurring in Japan, even in the late 20th century. Then, it seems like a good idea to be friends with foxes. That way they won't possess or trick you, you feed them, they help you, but think twice. People in close contact with foxes are called kitsunemochi. It was believed that they feed the family of foxes, and in return foxes use their magical powers for the benefit of their patron. However, being foxes they have no moral values, and so they could intimidate neighbors, steal gifts for their master, and do other dirty tricks. The first reference to Hisunemochi dates back to the 15th century and the diary called Yasutomiki, which states that in 1420 the court physician's family was accused of keeping foxes. In some parts of the country, the fear of Kitsunemochi was so great that 
When choosing a bride or a groom, families first inquired whether the other party owed foxes. And sometimes marriages between ordinary families and Kitsunemochi were forbidden altogether. Prejudice against Kitsunemochi in the province of Izumo was so strong that no one even wanted to buy land that once belonged to such a family. Lefkadi Hearn writes, however, that education was gradually pushing the prejudice away, and one resourceful fellow even started a rumor that certain lands were possessed by foxes to buy them cheaply. Later, those lands increased in value sixfold and brought a fine crop. And most importantly, if he wanted to, he could now easily sell them. Because he was employed in a civil service, and even foxes are powerless before the government. But the cost of food for a large fox family, discrimination, and the chance of being caught for the theft committed by furry creatures were not the only disadvantages of keeping kitsune. The foxes could suddenly leave their pattern if things didn't go well for him, or if he had done something, however accidentally, to cause foxes harm. And yet, in the same region of Izumo, now Shimane Prefecture, it was believed that almost all samurai families, and especially the daimyo of Izumo, owned foxes. But the samurai, people said, had other kind foxes, and they used them instead of messengers. For example, here is one story of a fox messenger found by Matthew Mayer. In the 17th century, there was a fox named Keizobo, who transformed himself into a young samurai and served in daimyo Ikeda Mitsunaka. He often traveled between Totori and Edo and could make the long journey in as little as three days. One day, Keizobo, on his way to Edo with an important message, ran for a small village and smelled an incredibly good aroma. By the roadside, a peasant was laying out right dreads. Kizobo approached him and asked what he was doing. The farmer replied that he was making traps for foxes that were digging up his fields. The fox in the guise of a samurai was satisfied with that answer and continued his journey. Kizobo arrived in Edo, delivered the Lord's message, and took the same route back to Totori. Running through the village again, he could the delicious smell of fried rats. The scent was so enticing that the fox could not resist, and decided to try and get at least one rat out of the trap. He moved as fast as he could, but the trap was even faster, and Kizobo died. When the daimyo learned about the death of his faithful servant, he ordered a small shrine to be built in his memory on a mountainside not far from the castle. It is said that Nakazaka Inari Shrine still stands in Todori City to this day. Sad story. But I think it's a good place to finish this episode. A few more folk stories related to different shrines and castles all over Japan will be included in the bonus episode, and if you want to chat about Kitsune, ask questions, or share your favorite stories or images of Japanese foxes, feel free to contact me on social media. All links, as always, are waiting for you in the episode description. Talk to you soon. Bye!